Okay. Can I be honest here? Yes. I used to rely on alcohol for a lot of things, including managing my PMS symptoms like anxiety, irritability, feeling blue, ugh, huge mistake. However, as a sober girl today, that is obviously not an option, but have no fear. Ladies, we found a solution to our PMS woes, alcohol so not needed. Enter Jubilance, your daily support and new BFF when it comes to true and effective PMS relief. It's so simple. Just take one capsule a day and keep your symptoms at bay. If you're interested in trying it, you can use the code SOBERGIRLS for $10 off your first order. I've noticed I have more energy, focus, less cravings, and my mood feels so much more balanced. Jubilance is a non-hormonal available over-the-counter and powered by two-ingredient formula used by thousands of women worldwide to live PMS mood symptom-free. Think less anxiety, less irritability, more peace, power, and dare I say, fun all month long. Try Jubilance for $10 off by visiting jubilance.com forward slash sobergirls or Use the promo code SOBERGIRLS at checkout. That's J-U-B-I-L-A-N-C-E dot com slash SOBERGIRLS for $10 off. Now we know that finding the perfect non-alcoholic drink and symptoms feel like a major challenge, but we've discovered something that's about to knock your socks off and your taste buds too. Go Brewing. Did you know Go Brewing was rated number one, number one, Michaela, for non-alcoholic beer in the country, and rightly so. Fun fact, all of their beers fall under the gluten-free guidelines, so you won't get that gross bloated feel that you sometimes can get when you're drinking, let's be honest. Plus, all their brews without fruit have less than one gram of sugar. Because we want to feel sexy and sober and have fun, Go Brew is the perfect choice for us. And who says beer isn't sophisticated when you could just put it in a champagne glass like I do? My favorite at the moment is the Sunshine State Tropical IPA from Go Brewing. It's the mango and peach flavor. As a listener, you can save 15% by going to brewing.com slash sobergirls or by using the code sobergirls. Plus, get a free two-day shipping on orders of $40 or more. Again, go to brewing.com slash SoberGirls or use our code SoberGirls for 15% off. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Two Sober Girls podcast. I am your host, Michaela. I have my beautiful co-host here, Erin, and we have a special guest today with us. Trina. Trina is a mental health enthusiast. She's an ex-people pleaser and a mother of two doing her best to be intentionally present while navigating life in her 30s and living an alcohol-free lifestyle. And after struggling to get sober for five years, she knew she needed to go do something different. So she began customizing her own recovery journey. And she was educated on the practical strategies that worked and realized that she needed to share what she's learned with as many people as possible. She is now a sobriety coach. She helps women every single day to be the best versions of themselves and develop unshakable sobriety. I love Trina and I love her Instagram, um, the retired party girl. You guys go give her a follow. She's incredible. She's also one of my business um, I, I'm one of, I'm her business coach as well. Um, and so I love everything that she has to offer and, um, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself, Trina, to our audience? Well, hi, I'm Trina. I'm so excited to be here. Um, 
I love exploring new things about sobriety every day. So being a sobriety coach is one of my favorite things in the world. I think educating people on the best way to recover is so important. Um, Yeah, so I am just really happy to be here. Amazing. And you're 500 days sober today. This is why we booked this podcast episode. So this is a really big milestone. You also just turned 30, right? And you have how many Mm -hmm. kids? Yeah. And I have two kids. So what is life like now living sober and being this version of you right now? It is so good. Um, I've been through a lot of transitions recently, especially turning 30. I was always scared of that number. Um, So being sober is just a new perspective on change. I feel like, um, I feel like turning 30 and then being 500 days sober a week after, um, it just kind of gave me the perspective of how like great your life can be when you make small changes and are consistent. Um, so I'm a mom, I have two kids. We do foster care also. So there's always an extra kid or two running around. Um, so it's cool to like frame my busy days to celebrate something every single day. Um, yeah. So it's really great. Oh my God. So many amazing points, uh, that you just said, small changes consistently and celebrate every single day. How do you do that? Like, what are some of the small changes that you do every single day and how do you celebrate? Um, so I have been really working hard on being mindful. I feel like mindfulness, I used to think was like a woo woo, um, thing that only people that like did yoga three times a day and (laughs) would be able to do, but it is such an easy trick. So I have really dedicated every single day to, um, just little kind of routines, like being, starting my day with gratefulness, you know, shifting all of the negative things. Like for example, turning 30, like I didn't have to worry about getting older. I was like, wow, like I am so blessed to get to turn this age. This is great. I'm happy. Look at all I'm doing. Um, and I also like, I feel like coming up on a milestone, I, had so much anxiety that I was going to relapse right before 500 days or like mess something up or not or be made fun of for celebrating that but I think when I shifted the perspective to um, not really relying on anyone from the outside's acceptance of my accomplishment it just made me so excited so I feel like I've been telling everyone I've talked to all day like hey just so you know I'm 500 days sober today and I do that every day like there's something weird I'll be like oh hey just so you know I like didn't eat all of the chocolate today and I had a salad and it was awesome so I just had this really like celebratory playful attitude and I love that I have that That is contagious, by the way. And this is why (laughs) you're such an amazing coach is because you hold this energy of playfulness, but also being really strategic and focused. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So amazing. (laughs) It's really important for people to see and hear sobriety is really fun and attractive. Mm -hmm. 
and it just gets better and better. And okay, so two things I have to say. Um, you are a baby, you are 30. Oh my God, like you are so young. And I'm jealous. So I got sober when I was 40. So that is, if anybody listening, just jump in. It's, you know, the younger, the better, because life is so much better. Each day of sobriety, life is better. So I know I hear a lot, you know, I'm so young, I can't imagine my life without alcohol. It will be so much better the earlier you do it. The next thing, so you had anxiety before you're celebrating your 500th day, which is incredible. I had drunk dreams prior to my one year anniversary of sobriety. Did you have any dreams that you relapse? Like relapse? Like that's very common to actually think like in your dreams that, oh my God, I picked up and you wake up and you think, oh, I remember thinking, oh God, that was a dream, but I had such anxiety going up to the year. Did you have any of that? Yeah, I did. Um, so the dream thing, I think is so common right before something big in your life in general. I had dreams that I was walking down the road to a dive bar with a six pack in my hand and I wasn't necessarily drinking, but I had it and I woke up with like cold sweats and panicking and I had to like remind myself like, Hey, you're asleep. You're fine. <laughs> you're not actually drinking right now. <laughs> it's so wild, but it's kind of just solidify when you wake up. I'm, I'm telling you, I was it solidified my sobriety in a way. It was like, oh my gosh, I need to protect it and guard it because in the dream, it just happened like that, you know? So that is something that we have to, every day you do need to protect it. Mm -hmm. Story was that you tried to get sober for five years. I'm just curious, Mm -hmm. what were you doing? What did you try that didn't work for you just to share with anybody else out there, perhaps stuck in the same rut? So yeah, I tried to get sober in 2018 and I would go on these cycles where I wouldn't drink, but it would last like a hundred days. I remember celebrating a hundred days, at least three times in my life. And then I would relapse or think I was okay to drink things like that. And really each time I tried to get sober, it was for someone else. So it was for um, so that these people wouldn't view me this way or so that I could, um, get approval from this group of people or even like my children. I, I was like, I need to get sober and not drink for them to be present with them. And I just kept relapsing because, you know, you, I feel like our days are all so up and down and fluid in your emotions. So the days where I needed, like a break away from my children, or I wasn't away from, I wasn't around this group of people, I didn't really feel the pressure to be sober from them. So I would end up drinking. So in 2021, I, I would describe it as like a mental breakdown. I just like had so much anxiety, freaked out. I had to go to the hospital. It was a mess. And I was not going to therapy at that time. I was doing like very little like self-work And when I was in the hospital, I was talking to this guy in the ER and he was very like, probably still one of the most influential people I've ever met in my life. And he was like, you're not going to get better unless you do it. But he said it to me, looking me in the eyes directly to me. And I was like, you're right. Like if I do not do this for myself and if I don't actually take the steps to do this, I won't get better. So I didn't focus on the fact that I was sober 
I, or that I couldn't ever drink again. I took it like one breath at a time. Like this moment, I'm not going to drink because it's not going to serve my health. I didn't put any expectations on it. I literally just kept myself present and did it for me because it would benefit me and a healthier version of me would then benefit my children and my friend groups. And, you know, the career choices or the people I wanted to be around, they would have the perspective I want because I was genuinely that person. And that changed my life. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And I think that's such great advice too. Well, two things, stay in the moment, in this moment, choosing your highest health and happiness and, you know, really anchoring in on that breath and it being present. And he's right. Like you can guide somebody, but that person has to do it. It only works if you show up for you and put in the time and and do the work. So what was maybe like your first step besides being present and staying, you know, true to wanting to be the healthiest, happiest whole version of yourself, but what was maybe the first step you took in sobriety? Um, so honestly, my first step was getting to know myself because I feel like I don't know if this resonates with everyone else, but for me, when I was drinking, I definitely was not who I want to be. I didn't express the values that I hold true. So I took about like a month or two off of social media and I just kind of like stayed with myself, um, didn't do a lot of social things and just relearned who I was, um, what I genuinely enjoyed and what brought me happiness. I learned my body, what foods felt good, what movement felt good. I learned what I like to listen to. I learned how to connect with the people around me. And it wasn't overnight, but I feel like those two months just really putting myself first and being selfish really like created a solid foundation for the rest of my change. I love that. And Michaela and I would both agree that's not being selfish. That's just culturally, we've been programmed, especially as women, to think that self, it's not, it's actually being a healthy human, because we know the healthier you are, the better you can be to everyone else around you, your babies, the children you're fostering, every relationship, now your clients, I mean, you get to change the world and be part of your healer. Um, Yeah, we we have to be able to fill up our own cup, and it's going to look different for everybody. It's going to look I mean, from routines to when actually you decide to do this, you can start this at any age, like we mentioned. And I, I mean, I totally resonate with you with, you know, this feeling, especially when you're in your twenties and choosing to stop drinking, it's this like fear of missing out, right? Like, did you get to experience that? Because I know for me, it was such a big identity crisis in a way, like, I want to live this healthy life, but like, I want to have fun. And I thought the only way to have fun was to go out to nightclubs, go out to restaurants and drink champagne all night. And that is like, I associated fun with that. Um, And I thought, oh my gosh, now I'm going to be so boring. And like, I'm not going to, you know, be able to hang out with my friends in a way, same way. And it's like, yeah, you, you process all of that. But just like you said, you think about the positives and that you get to be healthy and you get to feel really good in your body and focus on your health. Like, I think that is the ultimate freedom. 
right? But like, did you, as I guess you, you started thinking about being sober, like in your mid twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to be sober. And then you fully became sober. What at 28? Yeah. 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 So what, what's that like? Cause I know we have a lot of younger listeners as well. And I think it's really important to shed that light on that age because yeah, there is that FOMO feeling of what's life going to look like after this. Right. So it's interesting. Cause I was so scared of FOMO and I was like, I'm going to miss out on so much. And after really the first like 30 days, I was like, wow, this is not as big a deal as I thought it was going to be from a social perspective. So I think it's hard now we're in the age of social media. Um, I definitely recommend like, you know, especially if you're trying to get sober, maybe taking like a social media fast or really like not spending as much time on social media. Cause that was the hardest FOMO moments was seeing what everyone was doing. But after I said no to like one event, I remember I was like catching up with a friend and I was like, Oh, like, how was that? Um, you know, I didn't go cause I didn't feel comfortable. And they were like telling me about the night. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I'm so happy. I got a good night's sleep. <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> miss out. That does not sound fun to me at all. Um, and it was crazy. Cause I feel like after that, I was like, not scared to miss out on anything. There's joy in missing out on mundane moments that aren't going to, um, like improve your life. I feel. Yeah. And did you end up losing some friends? along the way? Yeah, I think that is inevitable in sobriety. And that was another thing that really, really scared me was I was like, oh my gosh, all my friends are going to leave because all my friends drink. But I, after some self-work, I started categorizing the people in my life. And I think there's a group of drinking or bar friends um, that you don't realize are just drinking or bar friends until you do work on your relationship with alcohol. And these people that left or that I'm not close to anymore, we don't like get in a big fight. I don't wish them, you know, terrible things. They don't, they wish me well. I'm sure they support me. Um, But they just weren't like giving anything valuable to my life. So they did leave. I have a lot less friends, but my quality of people in my life is so huge. (laughs) Um, They are just so valuable to me. And I don't think I would realize how valuable those people were if those kind of filler friends didn't weed themselves out. Yeah. I feel like those filler friends, they, it really dilutes the quality of your life because now you have to like put on a show almost and Mm -hmm. yeah, it just, it doesn't make sense. So what do you do now with your friends that is different or that is fun or what do you do in your friendships that are really meaningful to you? Um, so a lot of times we, uh, I love that now I can schedule things. And like, if my kids are there, it's not a big deal because we're not drinking. I feel like before I would never involve my kids when I'm hanging out with my friends, which was a a huge bummer for me. So we do a lot of kid-friendly activities that are actually fun. Like we'll go on a hike or like, swim in a swimming hole and look for fossils we will catch fireflies sleep on the trampoline things like, even my friends that don't have kids but they just support me so much they don't mind that I value my time with my kids so I want to kind of like combine that also I love dressing up and I don't 
go like out socially very often. I told myself every other month I dress up as nice as I can (laughs) and I go downtown. We have a non-alcoholic speakeasy bar and they have all these non-alcoholic drinks and it's like so cute and that's my new favorite thing and I feel like no matter where you live you can find something non-alcoholic that is like fancy and fun um if you do your research so I love that we live in that era because it feels so cool to hold a fancy glass with like an orange slice in it (laughs) and being fully dressed up and it's like having Mm -hmm. that that I mean that was one of the biggest things for me I love dressing up and I loved going out and I loved you just feel truly high vibe you know but Mm -hmm. the whole part of like how the night ended up it just was not aligned to actually who I wanted to become so Mm -hmm. but I love that that sounds so much fun like so much fun I Mm -hmm. love it yeah it's great and it's not like you're doing it every weekend so I feel like when I do do that it's so like valuable it's special yeah yeah Yeah. I just love what you shared with your children we were just talking to another um client a sober client and we were talking about how children are learning from watching the adults how to socialize how to cope how to live So now your children are learning, oh, mom's friends come over and we're all a family together and we do cool things outside and we go through life together and the adults aren't holding a cocktail or alcohol in their hands the entire time. That's huge. And they're seeing you laugh and have fun sober. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. enormous for children. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And you're shifting their culture. You're creating their culture actually around not drinking, um, which I applaud you for it's, uh, that just makes me the happiest. I think as a mom, as moms, that is something I'm the most proud of. And that I enjoy the most is time with my children in sobriety. You mm-hmm. get it like cold and you get to just do all these things that you would not have thought of doing when you were drinking. Yeah. So yeah. your friends I- are cool and like, hang out with your kids. They're good <laughs> friends, good people. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I think I think that's such an investment for our children's future to be able to show up in this way. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you've shared with me is getting to know who you are as a person without the mask of alcohol is invigorating. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I just look back and I'm sure everyone does once they stop drinking, but I'm just so cringy on all of the things I was and how I presented myself I feel like like it's interesting because I never like when I was younger like you know like 18 to 21 I never loved drinking I was the girl that like pulled like beers or shots over my shoulder just because so I I like the illusion of people thinking I was drinking I like the center of attention And that stayed with me as I began actually drinking. So I feel like I was just forcing myself to be this mess of a person because I thought it would be funny, get reactions, I would get attention, Um, people would like me, people would talk to me, but really it was just deteriorating my, my like sense of self. I was always looking to be the person that this friend needed or this person needed or this party needed. Um, So once I got sober, I, I'm telling you, I know I keep talking about it, but I'm telling you that 
month or two by myself was so beautiful because it really was like taking off a mask. It was like, I had this like cloud around me and it just cleared up. Like I realized the reason I was so down on myself and didn't like myself is because every day I was not being myself. I wasn't being who I was meant to be or who I was, what I was created to do. I was just, you know, like a puppet for every, for society really. So I think being sober is a gift to yourself and it's just so refreshing. It is. I agree. Uh, Something I thought about is let's say when you're partying in your twenties and I relate so much to your beautiful story, but like this process of taking a month or two to be by yourself is, is huge. Like I never looked at it that way. I don't know if I did that maybe, but like when you do that, what does that internal process looks like? And how do you repair that self image of yourself? And I, I would assume like the forgiveness part, right? Like forgiving yourself for let it like, you know, abandoning yourself for certain times, right? Um, what does that process look like? Or yeah, internal process. So during this time, I think, first of all, I definitely shut out a lot of in out external like factors so that I wasn't focusing on their perspective again. That was most important. And then every day I journaled I think writing is one of the most healing things you can do and I didn't journal like on a prompt guide if you need that that's fine but for me it was every time I was feeling something intense I journaled about it if I was feeling you know hints of FOMO coming out if I was feeling um, like I wanted a drink or like I was anxious anything like that I just sat down and wrote everything that I was feeling I would set a timer for five minutes each time I had like, you know, an overwhelming thought and just write for those whole five minutes. It didn't even matter if it made sense. And I started reflecting on some of those notes and just realizing the things I was having anxieties about were because I was worried that these people wouldn't like me or wouldn't accept me because I wasn't attending the parties or drinking. And I realized that in that time, none of my notes or worries was about my own health or my own safety or my own growth. And that made me really sad because I feel like I am with myself every day. You're with yourself every day. You should really genuinely want to be around yourself. You're your most important like person in your life. And I decided I was going to really work on loving myself and being this confident, beautiful person. So I started like meditating on speaking to myself with affirmations, which was so hard at first, but, um, I would picture myself like I had a little, I had a picture of me when I was like probably seven or eight. And I looked just like my daughter and I'd stare at that picture while I said the affirmations. And I think I saw that tip like online or I started seeing a therapist. Maybe she told me to do that, but that is like the best thing you can do if you're having trouble with like self-acceptance, I feel like. And I did that every day, even when it was uncomfortable, even if I didn't believe it, I still do it. I still have my picture up and I fell in love with myself. I started believing those truths because they were true. And somehow between the journaling and the self-reflection and the therapy, I 
discovered that I was important and I am my best friend and I deserve to be stood up for. And I just started really being obsessed with myself and I am not perfect, but I love myself. Oh my goodness. I mean, you're, you're incredible. And for those of you listening, uh, I, I always love a little takeaway from each podcast and something that you said is journaling, which I love and five minutes. So it's an easy, tangible, doable. We all have five minutes. If you're scrolling on social media throughout the day, you know, allocate that five minutes towards something like this. So you can love yourself. So you can have that self-esteem and self-love and be freaking obsessed with yourself. Like, why not? Like this is, this is 2023 sober girls. Like we should all be obsessed with ourselves. Right. So mm-hmm. take away five minutes to journal affirmations. What I love as well, mirror affirmations. And yeah, I, I did see that through, I think like a psychologist um, that, or many times where you take a picture from, let's say, even when you've had trauma, let's say five, six or whatever, you take that picture of yourself and you say affirmations and you speak to her because that inner girl, so it's like healing your inner child, that inner girl, she's still inside and she might be running the show, you know, of feeling abandoned or feeling, you know, not good enough, whatever you were going through at that age. And it is our job at whatever age you are, even if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, to start looking at that part of yourself and healing that part. Cause that, that part is all connected to you, right? Like I always say time is an illusion, right? So you can go back to your past and heal it. You can go into the future and create it right now. And all we have is this present moment. So those would be really great takeaways. Five minute journal and really uncover all of these deep feelings and how you want to feel and how you want to show up. And then this deep inner child work, um, because being sober even if it's easy for you to not pick up a drink, it's really hard to live if you don't have the tools to live. Because if you've been coping with alcohol for such a long time, that's been your tool and coping mechanism, of course, a bad one, you know? Um, So we have to redirect that focus to something that is actually working that's going to work for you, that you're actually going to feel good about. You're not going to feel guilt. You're not going to feel guilty about journaling, or you're not going to feel guilty about talking to your inner, you know, inner child self. And, um, you know, only everybody else will benefit from it. Your children, your relationships. It is is so beautiful. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I love that. And I think you do it in such a practical, practical way because you've done it and you know that it works. This is how you are able to stick to your sobriety. And now are, Mm -hmm. you know, you're having a thriving business. You're an amazing mom. You are actually creating your perfect life, right? Because you're, you're Mm -hmm. still working, but you're creating this amazing platform for women who want to be sober. You have just taken on coaching and taken on clients to help others go through their own journey. And I think this is, such a good time to be alive, to be able to do that. And we all have the power, each and every one of us to live that way and have this multi-passionate life. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And all those things I did, they were, I think the five minutes is a great like key point because it wasn't like the person I am today where I could do that and enjoy it. It was me straight out of 
drinking all day long, almost every day, hard liquor, all these things. So that five, it's just something little to like realign with your true self, I think is way more powerful than people realize. Yeah. And one last thing that you did mention on here is that you're still you. You just think that you are a leveled up version of yourself who, instead of chasing approval, you are more present as yourself and unapologetic. How beautiful. Like you're still, (laughs) like we're all still us. Like that, Mm -hmm. that fun part of ourselves does not diminish. Right. Like you still, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, so it's hard to explain to some people that I haven't talked to in a long time. They like think I like journal and exercise and lay in the sun and only drink green juice. But I'm like, no, I still watch Jersey Shore reruns. I still like, I'll read a series, like a fantasy series of a book in like two days, like uninterrupted. (laughs) Um, I still love ice cream. I'll go to the ice cream shop down the road every day. Um, I am still just as like, I am a dad joke queen. So I'm still annoying to some people. (laughs) Like not that much has changed. I just, I just like myself now. So I feel like I, I don't like saying I'm a different person. That's why I like, like the mask is off or like, you know, because I'm still me. I'm still cool. I still love my dad and I still call my grandma once a week. I just don't drink alcohol. I love that entire clip. And (laughs) well, what surprised you the most about the most authentic version of you? Like, did anything like something that you're like, I really love this or like, or surprised you the most about sobriety? Like anything where one day you just thought like, I mean, I know one, I had a day where I'm like, wait a second, I'm like happy without anything else needed what is, where am I? Oh, what happened here? Like, I'm like peaceful and happy, just me, me and God. Like, did you have one of those moments where you're, you and sobriety thinking, oh, who knew it would be like this? Or, you know, in your own words. Yeah, I did. Um, I never realized how intelligent I was. Um, I feel like in high school, I got good grades and I was fine. And then through my twenties, I was partying and didn't apply myself. Um, I, after getting sober, I got a new career that is a lot of brain work (laughs) and I can't believe that I know what I'm doing (laughs) through it. Um, I can't believe that I, you know, created a coaching program that actually works. I can't believe that I am, you know, on this platform, sharing my story with people and helping people. I, it's so wild to me because I never knew what I was capable of. And it's cool to like assess those things. Like I get to assess my skills, like even, um, little things like, uh, I don't know, like my faith, things like that. Like I realized, wow, I'm smart. Like I know my relationship with God. I know my relationship with my kids. I know my relationship with my work, with my clients, with my friends, with my family. Like, it's so cool to realize that I have everything like organized in my head and not filtered out. And this is just the beginning. Like it's literally just the beginning. And I love my thirties and you have so much great foundation underneath you. 
I just cannot wait to see where you go and, and all the amazing things that are coming your way. I mean, I'm just blown away. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so and excited. You're fostering. I mean, wow. You're so beautiful inside and out. Oh my goodness. I love, love, love this. I feel like we should have another podcast episode and go a little bit deeper into some things because there's so much good stuff here and we're going to have to wrap up soon, but let's leave our listeners with a great takeaway, something they, they can start doing today and what they like, what they can start doing and what they can stop doing. Hmm. Okay. Put you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what you can stop doing is putting judgment on yourself, no matter where you are on the sobriety spectrum. If you're just beginning curious, whatever it is, it is valid. And it is a step towards the best version of yourself. So stop judging yourself or comparing yourself to someone else on the journey. And I really encourage everyone, even if it's literally one minute, take a minute, go by yourself somewhere, lock yourself in your bathroom, take a couple breaths and just like, listen to yourself, like your body, your mind, your soul, everything, your intuition will tell you exactly what you need to do, especially in your relationship with alcohol. So take some time to genuinely enjoy yourself and, you know, give your body the support that it needs, your mind, the support that you, it needs, whatever that may be. I love that. Beautiful. I love that you are raw and real and such a great soul. Like I feel your energy and Oh, your clients are so lucky to have you. Um, please share with us where our listeners can follow you. And also you have a free training as well, right? So we're going to link that in, in the show notes. Yeah. I'm so excited about the free training. First of all, I haven't done one in a long time, so I really worked hard to make it super easily digestible. And it's not, um, it's, not just for people just starting to get sober. It's anywhere you're at if you need a little refresher. So I'm so excited about that. I hope you guys like it. It's Um, a good one. I've listened to it. It's very good. (laughs) Um, My Instagram is definitely the best resource to find out everything I'm doing, see what I'm offering, my schedule, um, things like that. It's at the retired party girl. And it'll have a link to my email, um, like I said, my schedule, and honestly, just my DMs. I love talking to people, so I'm constantly checking them and just checking in and making friends. (laughs) Love it. Well, go give her a follow. She's absolutely fabulous. And uh, yeah, come back next time. Yes, I would love to. I love you guys. This is great. (laughs) We love you too. And um, thank you guys for tuning in into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and uh, a rating. Please share it with your friend, your mother, your sister, your cousin, share it on your feed. Take a snap, you know, a picture of yourself listening, tag the retired party girl and two sober girls, and we will reshare and repost you. And if you are looking to change your relationship with alcohol, uh, you can check out our 
Sober Girls Mastermind, which we have monthly calls and a private boxer group and all the things, and also health, um, health and sobriety coaching. Both Erin and I are health coaches. We're passionate about all things wellness and just really creating the best lifestyle that you can have, right? We all have that power. And uh, we love that you are part of our world and we're sending you so much love. Hope you guys are having a beautiful summer. We're recording this in June. Um, Yeah, stay sober, stay healthy, stay beautiful. Love you. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.